Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you hear, I would encourage you to go to our Facebook page or Instagram, like us there. Um, You can even go to our website. We have our new website up now, and it is uncommonsensepodcast.com. And you can go there. You can hear all of the archived podcasts or the latest one. And I will start off today by saying that it was a Frenchman in the early 1800s by the name of Alexis Totocqueville who said this, The American Republic will endure until politicians realize they can bribe the people with their own money. And that is a real theme of today's podcast, that... Our republic will endure until politicians realize that they can bribe the people with their own money. Back uh, when Obama, President Obama, became president, he had his own stimulus package when he first uh, became president. And um, it was a plan that he signed into law on February 17th of 2009. And uh, I, I like what the article uh, by John Lott of Fox News said about it. He said, The state's hardest hit by the recession received the least money. States with higher bankruptcy, foreclosure, and unemployment rates got less money. And the lower income states also received less. Rather than helping out those in the toughest shape, It looks like Democrats ended up helping their supporters, including unions and many very wealthy supporters. According to the Obama administration's recovery.gov, a total of $504 billion of federal contracts, grants, and loans to states and territories were awarded between February 17th of 2009 and December 31st of 2011. The amounts vary a lot across states, with the very lowest at 978 per capita in Virginia and the highest at 2495 per capita in Alaska. Get this though, the District of Columbia is the real winner at a whopping $7,600 per capita. That is huge, huge. Uh, right to work states got less. So those states that that don't demand that you be in a union got less. Uh, stimulus dollars were highly, um, highly uh, collaborated uh, to which uh, political party controlled the state. Having an entirely Democratic congressional delegation in 2009 when the bill passed increases the per capita stimulus dollars that the state received per person by 460 $60. In addition, the states that Obama won by the largest percentage margin in 2008 got the most money. Even within states such as uh, m- much of this money went to relatively well-to-do public sector unions and wealthy Democrats worth hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars even. Billionaire Democrat donors who received a lot of money from the Obama administration include uh, the Solyndra owner, George Kayser. Now, by the way, he, as soon as he got this money that paid off all of his debts of Solyndra, he then went bankrupt and closed the company. All right, Tesla Motors uh, owners, 
Leon Musk and Larry Page and uh, Sergey Brin, uh, NRG Energy Owners, Warren Buffett, Stephen Cohen, and Carl uh, Icahn. Um, Abound Solar Manufacturing, Pat uh, Stryker, and, and Cigna Technologies, uh, Ronald uh, Perlman. Uh, these were people, that, these were among wealthy Democrat winners, um, and these were also including uh, the Vice President Al Gore, whose investment in Fisker Automotive was rewarded with, get this, $529 million loan guarantee. Altogether, 75% of loans and grants have been given out to companies run by Obama supporters. Now, (laughs) if you thought that was bad, the same scenario is happening all over again. You see, this is a a money grab. This is a payoff. Okay? What's happening is you help me get elected president. And I will then turn around and help you with taxpayer dollars. And that's what's happening here. All right. Hillary Clinton was set up to do the exact same thing. She thought she was going to get elected. She was all set up to do that. And everybody was lining up to help her as a pay for play type scenario. And here we are. Same scenario all over again. Just like the Obama years. As soon as liberal Democrats get elected, they pay off their friends with our kids and grandkids' money. Biden's package that he signed into law, and this, this, uh, some of this comes from uh, Clifford Colby of CNET Personal Finance. It says that one that, that hundreds of billions of dollars are going to blue states. Example: uh, the Oregon PERS uh, scenario. So, for instance, this is supposed to be a COVID stimulus package, but hundreds of billions of dollars are going to blue states. In Oregon, the PERS situation is really a bad one. Um, they, they promise, PERS is, is the retire, employee, employee, public employee retirement uh, fund. And they promised these public employees unrealistic rates of return. Uh, teachers, literally, when I was on the school board, there were teachers that were retiring from teaching, some really good teachers retiring from teaching and that because they were making more in retirement than they were by working. The system is $50 billion short of cash that it needs over the next couple of decades to pay these pensions. The extra money for local and, and tribal governments is, is where a lot of this money went to as well. Hundreds of billions of dollars are going to unions from the stimulus package. Um, The stimulus package is not targeted. I don't care what you've heard. It's not a targeted thing. Giving to unemployed people would be a a targeted thing. So if if we're really trying to help people who were affected by the lockdowns and and, and COVID, then you you would... give money and you're just if you're just handing out money you would give it to the unemployed people but that's not targeted that's not what we're doing and so the payments include people like adult dependents now as well as children and families with mixed status citizenship i mean that's ridiculous so so you know if 
if Johnny at 34 or whatever comes home to stay in your basement again, then then you you're going to get money for him. Student loan interest tax forgiveness at the end of the loan until 2026. Funding to help reopen schools during COVID-19. So what did not make this law after all, right? Well, there was a lot, there was a big push by the Democratic leadership for a mandatory $15 an hour minimum wage. And we're going to be talking about this in a, in a very upcoming podcast very soon. That did not make this bill. It, it got axed, but it's not the only time they're going to be pushing for this. So that's why we're going to talk about it. Uh, also, a ban on prisoners getting stimulus money. Well, that got included, uh, the, the ban did not get included. The Senate Democrats blocked an amendment by Republicans on Saturday that would have stopped taxpayer-funded stimulus checks from going to illegal aliens and incarcerated criminals. Republican Senators uh, Tom Cotton of Arizona, uh, of uh, Ted Cruz of Texas, and Bill Cassidy of Louisiana highlighted the bill, uh, in, in, uh, the bill included $1,400 stimulus checks for individuals who make less than $75,000 uh, per person. Uh, inmates are included among those who receive uh, stimulus checks, just as they were uh, in both the previous COVID relief bills that offered $1,200 and $600 checks. This package alone spends $2 billion on federal and state prisoners instead of American families. Cotton responded with highlight, uh, by highlighting some of the, the, the heinous criminals locked up in the U.S. justice system who will receive money in this Biden stimulus deal. Dylan Roof murdered nine people, and he's on federal death row, and he'll get a stimulus check. The Boston bomber murdered three people and terrorized a city will be getting a stimulus check. Aaron Shamo, who uh, sentenced to life in prison, prison for selling one million fentanyl-laced fake oxycodone pills to unsuspecting buyers. And guess what? He's going to get a stimulus check. What didn't get included in this? A ban on illegal aliens getting stimulus money. The, the, the Senate voted 49 to 50 against an amendment from Senator Cruz that would block $1,400 stimulus checks from going to undocumented immigrants. If you get into the country on a work visa and overstay your welcome, overstay that visa, which this is how millions of people do, then guess what? You get a check. $1.4 billion for transit rail infrastructure, such as extending the line from San Jose to Santa Clara, uh, known as the Bay Area Rapid Transit. It did get axed, so it's not in the bill, but th that was something they really pushed to try to get in there. Uh, $1.5 million to fund a bridge connecting New York to Ontario, Canada. Now, how in the world is that something that should be in a stimulus package for COVID relief? So you may be asking, what will happen because of this law? Well, national debt is what will happen, number one. Uh, G Peter G. Peterson Foundation says that national debt today is about $28 trillion. And I, I know I'm giving you a lot of numbers, and, and, and you may want to listen to the podcast again and write down the numbers or whatever. I know it's, it, it's tough to translate over a podcast numbers, 
But this is just something we have to look at, and and the numbers are something that we have have to to to, to see in order to know the intensity of what is wrong here. The national debt today is almost eight twenty eight trillion dollars. Now that is so hard to understand, but it's huge. That means that almost $85,000 per person is what we owe for that national debt. Today, today, the national debt, we owe per person $85,000 per person that that, that lives in the country today. Every day we spend, now this is every day, okay? Every day we spend $1 billion on interest on that debt alone. Interest is the fastest growing part of the federal budget, and it's only ballooning. In less than 10 years, our interest will double. That is the situation with our national debt. So who's going to pay for this? Well, there's what I call the Robin Hood effect, which means that we're stealing from future generations and giving it to this generation. So this generation has... Um, you know, effectively uh, had a time machine. <laughs> and this, this time machine has gone into the future and is literally stealing money from the pockets of our children and our grandchildrens and so forth. We're literally stealing from the future generations and giving it to this generation. And we're stealing from open states and giving it to lockdown states. So many of the states approached the COVID crisis differently. Many states stayed open, and many states stayed as open as they could. And and they have seen a real uh, takeoff in their economy, and things are, are getting better really fast in those states. Now, there are other states that didn't do that, and there were other states that really locked down hard. And those states are having some real issues when it comes to their economy right now. So what is, what is this going to do? Well, it's going to steal from open states who are paying now a, a, a lot of, of taxes and tax money because their economies are growing and they're going to be paying for the states, mostly the blue states, that lock down really hard. And so you're stealing from those that did the right thing and, and were successful and, and took, took on a good leadership role and are paying for states who did the wrong thing and had terrible leaders in their government. Well, also, who's going to pay for this? Well, in, inflation's going to go up. There, there's, there's no doubt about it. You, you, you can't keep spending like this and not pay the toll. I mean, that's, that's what it gets right down to. You, you, either, you either borrow money from China or you print money or both. So either, either you're printing money like crazy which is what we're doing right now. We're, we're borrowing from China, which is not a good scenario whatsoever, or we're doing both. You see, inflation is going to... If, uh, Economics 101 says that if we keep printing money the way that we do, then that is going to devalue the dollar that you have in your pocket right now. It's going to make it worth less money. And if that's the case, it's not going to buy as much stuff. So what does that mean? That, that's, the, that's the definition of inflation. 
And we can see this historically. You can take a look even today at other countries and how their their economies go into a free fall. And they suddenly you know, are paying thousands of dollars for a loaf of bread because that dollar just doesn't mean anything anymore. We are going to see inflation go up. There is no doubt about it. That's what happens when you are on this path. And, and, and the other thing is people get used to the, the drug of free money. And, and, and I call it a, the drug of free money. Why? Because $1,400 a person, I mean, what, what number, how, how did we get to the number of $1,400? I mean, is, there, is, is that a magical number of some sort? Nobody can tell you. It's then other just something that, that came out of the air because, hey, everybody likes $1,400 checks, right? You know, how is this a stimulus package when businesses are finding it hard to hire people? And why are they finding it hard to hire people? Because they're making more staying at home. They, it, it, and, and it's not just the check in itself, as we'll, as we'll get into here in a second. So what is the impact of the three coronavirus packages that have been passed? Well, first of all, $870 billion to state and local governments. $865 billion are, quote, other healthcare spending and other policies. <laughs> you figure that one out, all right? And $2.2 trillion to stimulus payments tax credits, unemployment benefits, and health coverage. So why do we need this package? A report released by the Congressional Budget Office at the beginning of January showed the U.S. economy is poised for a strong recovery, even without another round of emergency aid. In fact, if you look at the current unemployment rate right now, the current unemployment rate is right around 6.3%. Now, if you look at the Obama years, 6.3%, that was a good year <laughs> for the Obama years, right? That was a good year for unemployment, 6.3%. There, there, was, there was a time not long ago when economists would say that at 5%, you literally had no unemployment because there was at least 5% of the people that really didn't want a job. And so 6.3%, not too shabby, really. One analysis by the Center for a Responsible Federal Budget found that more than 15% of the budgeted uh, proposed package, which did pass last weekend, uh, about $300 billion will go towards long-standing policy priorities that are not directly related to the current crisis. So roughly 1% of the spending will go toward accelerating vaccine distribution and just 5% is focused on public health needs according to the nonpartisan group. Wait. So so let, let, me, let, me, let me let me let's review. All right. So we know that about 75% of the stimulus package is not going to stimulus relief. Okay? In fact, if you look at it, roughly 1%, 1% of the spending will go to accelerating vaccine distribution. 
I mean, if you are a vaccine believer, that should be a very high number because that would then put an end to this virus, right? But 1% is going toward that. And just 5% is focused on public health needs. Only 5%. This is a medical issue. This is a medical problem. This is a pandemic. And how much of this stimulus package for coronavirus relief is going toward public health needs? Just 5%. Now, if we do not start electing better leaders, and soon, future generations will look back on our generation and will see nothing but selfishness and selfish people who did not care what they did to those that would come after them. This type of legislation is not loving, it's not kind, it's not thoughtful or wise. It is purely a political power grab by leftists that think this will strengthen their positions of power. I truly believe that we are going to be seen, this generation is going to be seen by running up the debt the way that it is being run up as a generation who stole from future generations and made their lives not as successful. Why? Because they had to pay for our selfishness. That is what is happening here. And that selfishness is not biblical. That selfishness is something that needs to be stopped. And that is coming from terrible leaders that we have elected to office. And like I say, it's not a loving thing. It's not a kind thing. It's not a thoughtful thing. It's not wise. It's, it's, it's none of this. It's purely a political power grab. And what it's, what it's doing is these leftist leaders are saying, hey, you know what? We can literally buy the votes of those that are electing us. And then we are put into power. And then we can then pay those people off. And we can continue to pay people off. But we're not using our money. We're using the taxpayer money. The people who elected us into office were turning around and using their money to buy their own votes. And that is what was foretold early on. And that is exactly what's happening today. And we need to elect better leaders. We need to elect people who don't do this. We need to elect people who will say, I am putting a stop to increasing the debt. We need to bring down the deficit. We need to bring down what this country owes. And we need to make sure that we're not stealing from future generations. If you agree with me, if you don't agree with me, I would love to hear from you on this. And you can do that even right at our website if you want to. Our website is up and it is uh, going and and you can hear all the different uh, prior podcasts. You can hear the latest one. Uh, it's it, it's and and soon we're we're hoping that we'll even have some merchandise for you to uh, to purchase. And so uh, we're working on that even even currently. But you can always go to uncommonsensepodcast.com and you can see all of that and and even respond there. 
and and would love to he- love to hear your responses even on our Facebook page or Instagram. But for now, thank you for listening.